0: Hi and welcome to Matt Holman talks mental health, the podcast where I have the chance to chat mental health with just normal everyday people. Today I have the great pleasure in introducing Al Gilbert to this conversation. Welcome, Al.
1: Thank you. Lovely to be here.
0: Good to see you. Um, this is one of the episodes from the Podathon. So this is episode fifteen, which is just incredible. Um, Al's Dialing in all the way from San Francisco for anybody that's watching or listening. Um, so I'm going to let Al do his introduction in a second. But Al and I have known each other for for many years, actually, a very, very long time. Um, we were both young men um, back in the days <laughs> of, the, of the old BTI days, Business Travel International. I think that's where it all stems back to somewhere in the very, very di- dark, distant past. Um, but we've we've sort of kept in touch through social media as we do with many of these things. And just recently I had the, the honor of, of a podcast that Al was hosting, so I'm returning the favor today. We're, today we're going to talk about mental health, so it's great to have you. If you'd like to do your introduction, Al, that'd be great. Thanks.
1: Well, it's great to be here, uh, Matt, and um, I, I'm a big supporter of what you're doing. You're doing God's work, Matthew. I, I must say. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's very, very important. Um, so uh, my name is Al Gilbert. Al is short for Alfred. And uh, I live in San Francisco or just outside San Francisco in a little town called Brisbane. Well, we call it, Bris- we say Brisbane, but they pronounce the proper pronunciation is Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm been married about 25, 25 years coming up in 25 years my, with my lovely wife, Carol, uh, Carol and I, are what I call pinks P I N K S, which means pets instead, no kids.
0: Okay.
1: So, um, I'll start with the question, You know, what do you do for a living? Um, and it's the right question, uh, but usually the wrong answer. And usually when people say, what do you do for a living? They say, well, I'm in sales or I'm in account management or I'm in some profession. Um, but that's not what we do for a living. It's what we do for a livelihood. So I'll, I'll answer the question, uh, what, Al, what do you do for a living? Well, what I do for a living is exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, as I'm talking to Matthew, and I'm talking to people, and I'm supporting people and helping people, and, and this is my passion. This is, this is what, what brings me joy. What I did for livelihood before I retired, compliments of the COVID economy, but what I did for a livelihood was, as Matt mentioned, was in the tra- I was in the travel industry. I was doing corporate sales, working for BTI, CWT, Amex, GBT. And one of the things I really loved about sales, were some things I didn't like about sales, but one of the things I did love about sales was the human connection that we would make. Uh, you know, building, initiating and building and maintaining relationships with customers. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And so I have two cliches about my career. Uh, number one is I, I don't sell, I help people buy. And and in the course of doing so uh, what they buy may not be what I'm offering and that's okay. And secondly, I don't make sales. I make friends. Uh, And in so doing many of the customers that I made over 30 years are people that I've stayed in touch with uh, for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of those people became repeat customers as I moved from company to company. Um, So, um, so that's been really, really nice. Now, uh, so what I did, decided to do in June of last year, as a result, of compliments of the COVID economy, um, so I decided to apply the best part of sales into a new livelihood. And I founded a little one-man consultancy called uh, Advisory Options. Uh, and here I help people uh, with their resumes, find new jobs. I can help uh, companies talk about some of their new ideas. Um, and my title is Chief Listening Officer. Uh, and I think that's the best part about sales is, but is listening to people, and uh, and getting to know um, you know w- w- what they're interested in, and and just helping them. So um, and so I wanted to put it out there that right now I'm I'm, I'm offering my services free of charge, pro bono. Uh, and if anyone is you know interested in, in my assistance, I'm happy to help. Uh, just go to advisoryoptions.net, uh, pick a calendar time, and we'll take it from there.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that, and um, thank you for sharing that as, as a starting point, you know, it sounds like listening is a key part of what you do today, which is fantastic, and talking about mental health, one of the biggest parts is the ability to listen as well, so I'm going to ask you to tell a story, please, for us, Al, if you can, just a story around your journey with mental health, what that means to you, how you interpret that is entirely up to you, but let's take this conversation forward.
1: Sure, Absolutely. When I think of mental health, obviously, it's an extension of um, physical health. Yeah. Um, but I like to think of it in terms of an, uh, of another um, name, which is mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my journey with mental well-being, mental health, uh, started on the day I was born and will continue until the day uh, my spirit is reincarnated into another soul. So it's a, you know, it's a continual journey. It's not a destination. I think we all know that. Um, and what I try to remind myself is, is that we were born, at the moment we were born, we were born with perfect mental health, absolutely. And it was, it was you know, we were young, we were innocent, we were children. Um, and so as, as I've learned over the years and as time gone, has gone on, my journey with mental health, and I've had some detours and deviations, okay. but my journey with mental health is, um, is, is, is basically a continual journey. And, and my goal is to sort of stay on track. You know, sometimes we'll bear a little bit to the left, we'll bear a little bit to the right. Um, and, and what I keep reminding myself that of is that uh, the, the, the ability to stay on track takes a very, very little correction. Okay. Uh, it doesn't always take, you know, a big epiphany of experience, but sometimes it just takes a little correction day to day, day to day. Um, so I have a couple of tools. Um, that helps me keep me on track. One is um, uh, what I, it's a triangle, you know, like a mm-hmm. triangle. And if you picture a triangle. You'll know that it can be divided into three parts. So there's a top. There's a top third, which is the smallest. Then there's a the middle third, which is a little bit bigger. And then there's a bottom third, which is the, the largest of the three thirds. Correct. Yep. So. On the top third is where I'm happy. On the middle third is where I'm content. So I'm more content, I'm content more often than I'm happy, but you know, it's not, not far off. And so right now today, as I speak to you, Matt, this is a happy moment. But sometimes you're not always happy, you have to settle for content. You know, content is where I I go when I realize that I have my health, I have my marriage, I have some money in the bank, I have nothing to complain about, I'm content. And then there are bad days. Then there are blue days, there are dark days, there are sad days, there are challenging days. But even on my worst day, Matt, I'm grateful. Even on my worst days, yeah. I'm grateful. And that's, that's kind of where, where I stand. Um, and then the other tool that I use to help guide me you know, on, you know, on, the, on the path is the, um, is the power of forgiveness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, forgiving other people is relatively easy. Forgiving myself is very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can get into a pity party of self-criticism in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and I and and I, I hate to make mistakes, and um, and I'm afraid to make mistakes. But but I, I, I eventually I learned. I, I've learned. Okay, it's not the end of the world. I made a mm-hmm. mistake. I forgive myself. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll go on. So. Um, that, that's pretty much uh, how I try to, to, to manage my life. I've had a couple of, uh, um, I come from a family of, uh, of an alcoholic father and, and a mother who's been, who's been remarried four times. Right. So those influences you know, obviously make a difference. Um, my biggest fear is abandonment, really. And therefore, e- even on an adult basis, I, I really hate to get lost. Uh, i mean i just really get weird when i get lost uh, but i remember i had experience when i was uh, very young probably i'm trying to think i don't know seven eight years old and i grew up in the virgin islands in the caribbean in, in saint thomas uh and one night my mother my stepfather um decided to go next door to just have cocktails or dinner you know, with some you know with her neighbors yep. and being of that age i went to bed very early and generally slept through the night, but for some reason I, I woke up and I walked out of my bedroom. And I looked around the house, and there was nobody there. I mean, absolutely nobody. And I just, I just lost my mind. <laughs> I, I, I can almost recall the, the feeling. So many years later, I felt like the bottom had fallen out of the universe. Wow. Uh, and even though I could visually know that I was in this place that seemed familiar, I just. Thought I was floating out in space, um, so I, I I screamed loud enough and long enough uh, for my parents who were next door to come to hear me and come back and you know and obviously take care of me. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, abandonment was, was was an issue then, and and, and, and still affects me today.
0: Wow. wow, that's profound, isn't it? It's affecting you for so many years, and do
1: you- Yeah, it does, and. Um, he, he, and as I said, the, he, he, we were—I think—as human beings, we're born with perfect mental health as, as children, yep. and, and we just get influenced, um, you know, along the way. Um, you know, th- th- going back to the point about self-confidence and self-esteem, um, I'm not sure if it's strictly the Western society, or, you know, Western Hemisphere society, but. You know, we're influenced all the time and we're judged all the time. You know, we're judged in school by our grades. Um, you know, we're judged um, by our friends, by our possessions. Um, you know, we have a career. But every year we have this thing called a performance review, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where, where we're judged again. And we, have yeah. to, and we have to justify why we're here, and why we should stay, and why should we be rewarded. And so it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, one of, one of the things that uh, I, I look forward to in my, in my retirement you know, career, if you will, uh, is returning to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, for example, when I was, again, very young and didn't know any better, I just spoke my mind, I was talking to a young little, you know, little girl about my age, and I said, um, I said, what does your daddy do? And she said, uh, oh, I don't have a daddy. And having the precocious sense of humor that I do, I simply said, "Well, why don't you get another one?" <laughs> so yeah. that was the first time I was sort of pulled aside and coached um, that no, you don't say those kind of things. Sure. You have to be yeah. Careful, and, and this, that, and the other thing. So um, you know, I'm trying to return to my childhood roots of innocence. Yeah. Uh, you know, the days when we would just run up to strangers and say, um, "Hey, you want to play?" You know. Yeah. Uh, my name's Al. You want to play huh. Yep. now having said that I, I mean i i do respect the boundaries of of adult protocol i don't i don't yeah. ask what old they are and how much they weigh um but <laughs> That's I, yeah but I, but I i do try to stay yeah you know, as natural or as, as mm. innocent as i can
0: of course yeah so is it um, is it's, it, it's, it's been a really interesting sort of experience then that you've been through with all of that. I love this triangular thought. I want to dwell on that just a little bit, if we can, just to sort of come yeah. around a few of those thoughts on it. You, you know, the biggest piece at the bottom is that bad or sad or, you know, those negative feelings and thoughts. And you talk about staying on this pathway and not deviating too much. Are you, are you conscious of when things do are you sort of self-aware of when things are changing and when things are getting a bit too too much?
1: I, I become better at it. I do, and I become more communicative about it. So, I, okay, um, yeah. I know you've spoken to a lot of people about you know, you know who do you turn to when, mm. when things uh, and when things are you know challenging. Yep. Um, I I don't tell everyone all the time how I feel, but I have a handful of people that if they ask me how are things, I'll say I'm sad. It's a sad day. It's a blue day. Okay, it's bad. Um, yeah, I was I was also thinking about you know friends. You know we have we all have a lot of friends. Some are closer than others. Yeah. And uh, I, I have a few close friends, but what what doesn't make them quite the best friend is that they are empathetic up to a up to a limit.
0: Right.
1: Uh, only, so you know they can or they try or they they, they very nicely try to um, find solutions for me. Right.
0: Um,
1: so I think empathy is really important in mental mental and when people are supporting me or I'm supporting others, and that's why I like the title of Chief Listening Officer. Yeah, it is to be as empathetic w- without solving things, mm-hmm. which which is a lesson I keep out to remind myself again and again in my marriage. Uh, you know, because, you know, my spouse would complain and my first instinct is to solve. I said, no, no, I just have, have to listen. Yep, I have I have one friend that I that I consider my best friend mm-hmm. and I define him as such because he's the only one I would admit murder to if I committed murder.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's a good friend, right?
1: yeah it's a
0: good friend to have
1: yeah there are there were some close friends that i would i uh, would i would admit that i was considering murder yeah but but there's only one best friend that i, that I would have been murdered to no.
0: that's a test of friendship for you if, if you've heard one right i yeah. think it's an, in, it's an interesting one definitely okay yeah so so do you do you talk often to this person is it somebody you would confide in often or
1: um no frankly no not often he's just um I'll tell you the other thing that made him a best friend. Um, we were co- uh, friends in college.
0: Oh, okay, right.
1: And uh, we weren't particularly close then, but uh, we be- we became much closer after college. We were both living and working in New York City and he was on a, on a, on a, on a professional tra- trajectory with Philip Morris, you know, cigarettes. Okay, yep. Um, and he had a terrible habit of, of making and breaking appointments with me. You know, uh, ow, something came up. I just got, you know. Yeah. One, 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 one day I got into this ter- terrible terrible row with my girlfriend terrible argument and I was just feeling really really despondent and I called him up and I said Larry I just feel like dumb you know, you know Sylvia and I and his I and, and I could hear him you know this is the, this is the pre-internet days I could hear him flipping the pages of his calendar back and forth and he said, Al, I got to move some things around, but I'll meet you for lunch. Yeah, and this is the same guy who would make plans like a week in advance, and the day and day before he would just cancel them.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: He knew. He knew yeah. that something was really, really wrong. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. When you can tune into that, I think that's a that's a skill, isn't it? That you can you can recognize. Okay, I need to adjust something. And that's the thing we're trying to help managers and people out there actually do now is is tune into these things where somebody does need that little bit of you know, support, empathy, compassion, whatever you want to call it.
1: I I think the most important thing as a supporter, as you, as you are, and Mm -hmm. I try to be, is to, um, is to respond to, um, communication. Um, so one of the things that I prided myself in sales is that I, I, if someone emailed me or telephoned me, I would return that email telephone call within the day or, or course, by the next day. Uh, because one of my, one of my pet peeves, I guess, uh, is that when people don't respond, um, uh, I feel ignored. Yep. And, um, and and I think to myself, okay, look, if you want, if the answer is no, fine, <laughs> but just don't ignore me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's the, I think that's the hard I think that's the worst part for people who who um, you know even if you're not feeling mentally challenged, um, mm. I, I think it's really really important to to respond to people.
0: Yeah, it is. I wrote a post about this recently. And, uh, you know, I was I was frustrated because people asked a lot of me um, and I deliver, you know, and I respond to people like you say, you know, it's and it, I find it courteous and, and, you know, just just nice to say something just to acknowledge it even. And often I don't get responses back or I don't get a thank you for doing something for somebody else. And and I can I can totally understand you. And I I, I put it out there and you you can only, you know, I'm sure you understand and I'm sure you may have even Uh, commented on it but um it got a lot of comments people saying
1: it's you know we 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 have you know I have to take a risk every once in a while to be honest I mean I think I've said this to you before that my I feel that my vulnerability is my greatest credibility brilliant yep and and um so um you know I'll you know I'll tell you how I feel and um, yeah. Yeah, try to do it as, as politely as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you did write about that I responded to was the fact that you change things up a little bit every once in a while. Yep. I think you move your desk or you move your computer. Yep. And, things like that. Uh, and, I, and I think that's really, really important. That's why I said, you know it's, it's kind of like the smallest things make the biggest difference. so so you don't you know you don't have to when things are challenging in my life i don't have to change jobs or change spouses necessarily it may feel like it at the time yeah (laughs) but sometimes it just takes a little tweak or something so Mm. i you know for instance i was thinking about of a challenge where let's say i was working with a manager like you know say you're my manager um, and things are just tense and you know difficult um uh, so and then you know, normally you know we, we would come into the office. I would say good morning, Matt, and you say good morning, Al, and go to our separate offices and whatnot. I thought one day I'm going to walk in and say, "Good morning, Mr. Holman. Can I get you a cup of coffee?" All right. And and you'd probably be startled and you go, "Mr. Holman," yeah. And you would smile. And you would smile. Yeah. And I, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, Mr. Holman, would you like a cup of coffee. You just you just tweak things just a little bit, just yeah. to, you know." and it can make a big difference
0: you've never got me a coffee before what's this all about exactly
1: yeah <laughs> right. and it, it takes yeah. you a little bit off guard and yeah. uh yeah
0: i think i think you're right and i you know when i talked about that and actually i'm sat in the the place where i was sat when i wrote that post which is this is my wife's desk in my wife's office and i was in my office so you know at mm-hmm. the back and and it was that realization and actually i got more productive by changing that perspective you know, coming to a different space and working in a different space. And I know not everybody has the ability to do that. But, you know, even even at the dinner table, I don't always sit in the same seat. You know, for years I did, but now yeah. I don't. I've just sort of, you know, adapted it to, to make it more sort of, well, when there's not much variety out there at the minute, there's, you can make your own, I guess.
1: Well, the thing about COVID, I, we'll talk about COVID in a second. Mm. Uh, What's ironic about the, uh, the COVID society, if you will, is that on one hand, it's really restricted my ability to physically see people. Yep. So it's I, I, I kind of see uh, less people than I ever did before. But with social media and, and, and opportunities like this, uh, and zoom meetings, I'm actually I'm actually getting to know more people than I've ever known before. Yeah. Is that, don't you find that unusual?
0: yeah definitely and and reconnecting i found this a wonderful experience to reconnect with people i haven't spoken to for years and just sort of pick up a conversation like yourself and you know i've done many of these with people who i haven't seen for well the, the longest was 30 years somebody i went to school with i hadn't seen but you know right. it, it just gives us the ability because we've paused and we've now got time i do think that's really important we've got time to think about okay Oh, you Know what? I'm going to send that message that I've been meaning to send, or and I always encourage people to do those. You know, if you've been meaning to send the message, send the message, right? It's, it's only you that stops that happening. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. COVID has well,
1: that's one of the you know, points of advice that I tell people uh, in my work. Um, um I, and, and and this helps my personal mm-hmm. sense of mental well being as well. Yep, do what you say you're going to do. Even, even if you only say it to yourself, for, for instance, you you had this thought about, you know, I'll, I'll send this message. And you didn't tell anybody, you just told yourself. Hmm. Yep. But do what you say you're going to do. Keep your word. Hmm. And, and even if it's the smallest thing, like a message or an email or something like that, um, be, and, and people will be pleasantly surprised <laughs> yeah. that you do.
0: Well, if you, you know, if you put out of the blue messages really have impact because people don't expect them, you know, So so send them. That's what I say, send them. Um, Al, we've got a couple more minutes on this because I'm, I'll have to reset for the next one as well, of course, um, yeah. the beauty of the logistical um, challenges of, of doing 24 of these back to back. Any final words from yourself? Anything you wanna share in part, wisdom words?
1: Yes, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I just uh, reiterate the, fa- uh, the the offer. If anyone is interested in, in anything I can do to help them, please look at advisoryoptions.net. Um, It's free of charge. I do it gratis. Uh, uh, Pick a time on the calendar we'll talk. Secondly, um, as I said, I think when we were off camera, uh, Matthew, you you are doing God's work. Uh, You're doing very, very, very important work. Um, And um, I listen to your podcasts um, all the time. In fact, when I do feel blue and grateful and I'm looking for a pick-me-up, I will listen to one of your podcasts. Wow. So, um, I'm not going to exaggerate and say that you saved my life, but it's somewhere close. Oh. <laughs> and, and secondly, uh, I want to compliment you as chief listing officer that you are an excellent listener. You're, you're the best I know. Um, yeah, Because you do what you do. You, you engage people. Uh, you give them the opportunity to talk. You look at them. You don't interrupt. Um, so it's it's a skill that um, I'm sure everyone who, who, who knows you would, would agree with me that it's it's a great skill and i congratulate you on it
0: oh thank you that means a lot I, I feel quite emotional actually because you've you've been so nice and I, I find it hard to take those compliments but I'll accept them and take them gracefully and and you know this is this is about talking about mental health and and like I said earlier half of the talking is about listening as well you know and and, and sometimes we just need to sit and and take in what's going on around us, take in the conversation and listen to to what people are saying. And, and Al, thank you um, for participating in this event as well, because, you know, I, I'm so grateful that 24 people have agreed to participate um, and I didn't have to sort of, you know, force anybody um, and everybody's willingly attended. So thank you for that. I really well, do appreciate welcome. it. I will stay in touch. And um, yeah, and and if anybody listening is struggling, if you do have any worries or concerns, always know there is somebody that you can talk to. Uh, In the UK, we have Samaritans, of course, 116123 is the telephone number to call if you need to save space to talk. I'll always say at the end of my podcast, because I hope that at some point somebody might take that number and use it for the right reasons to to get some help and support. And in the US, of course, and all over the world, in all of these podcasts, there are many different organisations there to help support you. You are not alone. That's the most important thing. We are we are creatures that need c- human connection. And that is so important. So Al, thanks so much. Really appreciate awesome. it. Most and,
1: welcome. Anytime. You I, find me.
0: <laughs> I do indeed. I do indeed. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. All right.
1: Take care.